Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome to this episode of Libel on Fire, Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel Sternbach is with us, and if you like more information from Libel, I want to get it out here early, yields4u.com. Yields, the number 4u.com. Libel, I'm glad you're with us. Hello and welcome back. Hey, how are you? Unbelievable. You know, I've been in Vegas. I go to Vegas uh, more often than I care to admit. But uh, I'm wondering, as we're talking about uh, investing, how do you tell if you're gambling or investing? Because there's, it seems as if there's no certainty in either one libel. There is a lot of parallels between gambling and investing. We have... Um, you know, both have the chance of going up and both have the chance of going down. Um, there is a outside factor that influences, you know, both outcomes. Um, and, and we both know people, you know, we all know people who've made a lot of money gambling and a lot of people and people who've made a lot of money, uh, investing. And it can certainly feel like, um, it can certainly feel like the market is, you know, no different than, you know, playing the lottery or playing, you know, uh, you know, the tables at in Vegas or the slot machines. Um, certainly if you don't have a plan, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I'm wondering, so what's the biggest difference or what do you think is the biggest differentiator between gamblers or people who are getting lucky in the market versus those who are investing and, and have long-term success? Yeah, so I, I think there are, I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of parallels and a lot of things that are different um, between gambling and investing. And I think that, I think that you can definitely gamble in the market, right? Let's let's get that clear. That just because you're invested in the stock market doesn't mean that your behavior isn't called gambling. Um, I think, and by the same token, I think someone can go to Vegas and what they do at the, uh, you know, blackjack table or what they do at the poker tables could be uh, not considered to be gambling. Um, You certainly have, you know, card counters who are very good at, 
you know, doing the probabilities. Um, you know, me being in financial services, something that I'm always amazed by is when we do these financial events and we've got these, you know, money managers and these people who trade options, they all congregate uh, around uh, the crap stable because to them, that's probabilities and that's their wheelhouse. They, they, they know that inside and out and they can calculate the probabilities, you know, in a fraction of a second. So they have a lot of fun doing that. And to them, it is definitely not gambling. And I, I have seen them make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars just standing there within a few hours. Um, at the same time, I go there and I'll lose all my money right? because I can't do that type of my math in my head. Uh, so, you know, when we look at investing and when we look at the stock market and when we look at Vegas, uh, it really is about the mindset that you're going into it. Right. What are the rules that you have for yourself that tell you, you know, when am I getting in? When am I getting out? Am I doing this? Is every action I'm doing based upon scientific reason? Is it based upon a logical plan? Do I have evidence to say that this is going to work and not work? And if you're just doing because of gut instincts, if you're just doing it because you feel or you think that you're going to win or you feel like, you know, the, you know this, this hand is your hand, well, you're going to lose, right? And just like Vegas wins, you know, statistically, the house wins. Same thing with the stock market, right? If you don't have a plan, well, statistically, you are going to make bad decisions. It's, it's just the fact. It's just the way it works out. Everybody yeah. was talking with Leibel Sternbach. And we we're talking about gambling and, the, and investing and the parallels of the two. So it seems as if the casinos have their own house policies, the, uh, there are rules of Vegas and so forth. And I'm, I am imagining, <laughs> it's hard for me to say, I'm imagining that there is a policy or there are rules of the game when it comes to investing too. So what about, or how does an investment policy factor into this? Yep. So I'm a very firm believer in investment policy statements. And uh, to me, I call investment policy statements your love letter to your future self. Mm. Um, and it is, you, you take the time, you sit down and you write out, right? This is why I'm investing in the market. This is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. This is what we believe is going to happen. We believe it based upon evidence, right? It's not just that I feel it. It's that we have scientific evidence that this is going to be reality, right? That there's a high probability that the market's going to go up because over the last 150 years, it has gone up, right? And we know what that percentage gone up is. We know what the we're, we know what are the signs that we're going to look for that's going to tell us when we're going to go in, when we're going to go out, when it's too risky, when when we should you know put on the gas, when should, when should we pump the brakes, and we're going to look at ourselves and we're going to say this is you know the things that I need in order to feel safe, the things that will make me feel like this is gambling or this is you know risking my financial future. These are the things that I feel very strongly about that will make me feel unsafe and that we're going to protect no matter what. And your investment policy statement needs to protect that. And then as we go through life and we're investing and we're following this plan that's based upon evidence that's going to tell us, you know, it is time to go into the market. It's time to go out of the market. It's time to invest, 
uh, invest in this sector of the market versus that sector of the market. Um, as we go along, we're going to have signposts for ourselves as, that are going to tell us, you know, we're on the right track. We're not on the right track. The fundamentals, the assumptions that we've made in our plan have changed. Mm-hmm. Just like when you're sitting there at the blackjack table and, you know, you get 17, right? Well, you know, statistically, you shouldn't hit on that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> same thing with the market. You know, it, it's not going to be the same thing all the time. Uh, what, what, does the, what is it that Mark Twain says? You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. <laughs> Good statement. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, when we're, when we're building this plan and when we're, uh, you know, when we're looking at the difference between gambling and investing, I think that's really, I think that's one of the big differentiators, right? Is that we're not, we're, we're not guessing about the future. We're, we have a plan. It is based upon evidence and we are going to challenge our assumptions every single day. Um, I read this about, uh, there, there are these money managers who are very hard to uh, get into, Um and yeah, actually, I was reading this in the context of Bernie Madoff, right? Bernie Madoff, how was he able to swindle so many people? And we're talking about the most sophisticated people in the world. Mm-hmm. He he didn't he didn't promise them outrageous returns, right? We all think that you know somebody comes and promises us promises us that we are, we're going to get you know twenty percent a year. We're gonna we know the person's a scammer. He didn't promise that to his people. He 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 promised moderate returns. And he just consistently delivered moderate returns over a very long period of time. And the reason why people believe that he was capable of doing that is because there are actually people who get up every single morning and they ask themselves these questions and they ask themselves, what are these false assumptions that I have? What are the things I base decisions on that are no longer true? And they work really hard to prove themselves wrong every single day. And in doing that, they're able to consistently per, uh, perform in the market in a very consistent manner. And they do, you know, to a certain extent, outperform the market. They're very hard to get access to those people because the better someone is at doing that, the more wanted they are by the right. rest of the world. So with regard to that policy statement, let's pivot just a bit, Libel, if you don't mind. So I've got a hard question for you. Mm-hmm. Vanguard is really big on low cost index funds. And you say you have to have a plan. So I know a lot of people believe that financial advisors just cost them money and they're better off without them. What what do you think? What do you say? So for the longest time, I was on the fence personally about this question of whether advisors really delivered their value to investors, right? You've got and it's more specific to, to recent history because recent, you know, uh, if we go back, you know, 1960, 1970, and you even go going up to 2000, right? The the consumer's access to investing and investing technology was very limited. So you had to go through an advisor if you wanted to invest in the market, if you wanted to have something more than just owning a single company, which you should never do have you know all your net worth tied up in a single company for a lot of reasons. So if you wanted to have any kind of real uh, participation in the stock market, you needed a broker or you needed a, a, a financial advisor who could facilitate that for you. There also was a lot of opportunity 
for financial advisors and stock, uh, really for stock pickers to be able to pick winning stocks out of the herd and, and outperform the market. Starting right at, you know, sometime around the, the uh, dot-com bust, you know, so 2000, uh, 2000 to 2002, that crash, sometime after that, ETFs and um, index mutual funds really took off. Um, they, they really took off and access to investing became a lot easier. And so when you looked at the performance of these active stock pickers in the market, mm-hmm. they, they weren't outperforming the market. So there was a very real argument to say, well, if I just invested directly in the stock market, I bought one of these low cost ETFs you know, on Schwab or TD Ameritrade or any of these discount brokerage firms that had started popping up in the dot-com bubble, right? If you just use one of those trading platforms, you bought this, you paid your your $20 uh, ticket charge, you now own this mutual fund or this ETF, and you held onto it for a long period of time, you would actually outperform these active stock pickers because you weren't paying their fees, their 2%, and then they would take 20% of the profits or you know, uh, whatever the percentage they were taking. So you would, you would keep those fees and you would uh, beat them because they weren't able to beat the market because there was this opportunity uh, to find you know, those outperforming stocks. So it was very hard to do it. So for a long time, right? And, and, and then we had, you know, 2008 came along, housing market crashed, uh, we had the great financial, you know, uh, crisis, uh, great financial recession, and and things kind of reset. Fed, the Fed came in, the central banks came in, the quantitative easing, and they just started pumping money in the system. I mean, we just we flooded the money with the, the market with this cheap money that has been driving uh, stock market performance, uh, you know, for the for most of the last fifteen years, mm-hmm. and. And it has made it as uh, as Warren Buffett says, um, when when the when the you know when the tide is rising, it li- it, it lifts all boats. Um, but when when uh, when the tide goes out, that's when we see who's swimming with trunks on. And it's you know so making money and you know when when everyone's making money and everything's going up is not hard. It's when things get hard, like what we started seeing over the last few months, uh, you know, 2022, where, you know, we started to have, you know, people started doubting whether this could go on forever, where the, where we started having inflation. And so there was a, uh, so Vanguard did a study and they uh, did a study and they found that financial advisors, that financial advisors actually help boost performance for their clients. Primarily by helping them navigate this emotional aspect, this gambling nature that we have when it comes to investing, uh, and I, and I think that is actually very interesting that you know it's gambling um, that you know we we anchor ourselves in this belief about the past, or we try to follow other people, and we're constantly chasing you know the the fear or the greed of the market, um, and I and I think it's it's interesting as Americans that we I think we're more susceptible to that that the and that's why you know financial advisors can help us more. It's why we as a nation, when you look at the entire world, uh, we have one of the lowest savings rates of the world, and I think that. Part of it is, and this is, uh, there was a study done, and it found that the that Americans have a higher tendency for risk taking, 
And I think it's because when you look at who who came over and colonized America, right? Mm-hmm. Who were the immigrants? Who were the people who who founded this country and who um, you know uh, built this country? They were people who left their homes, right? They gambled on a better future, on a better life. It's the American dream. So yes, gambling is very much in our instincts. It's very much in our nature. It's what makes America great is that we win on a lot of our gambles. But when we're talking about a retirement, we kind of need a pull rein in that instinct and look more on the scientific side to make sure we have a scientific process in place. One that accounts for the fact that we have this tendency in this nature to want to chase that, you know, that return that we want to hit on 17 because maybe we'll get lucky. <laughs> right. And so we need it. We, we need to address that first and foremost. And then, you know, once we address that and it's like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go to the casinos. We're, we're going we're, we're gonna to only spend 100 bucks, right? Or we're only going to spend 500 bucks. We set a limit on, you know, how we're going to control that nature and how we're going to make ourselves feel okay. And then once we have that, well, yeah, okay, then it's easy to invest the rest of the money because we've got a scientific process and our, our human nature is taken care of. It's, you know, it's not pulling us to tell us to hit on 17 or to, uh, you know, just play one more hand and double down and, you know, we'll, we'll win the next round. That makes a lot of sense. That's Libel Sternbach. He's on fire. We're talking about gambling versus investing. We have a lot more to come. If you like more information, go to Yields for You. That's Yields, the number four, the letter U.com. I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be back with more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell, and I'm with Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, Libel Sternbach. We've had a, a really lively discussion. We're having a lively discussion, I should say, about gambling versus investing. And I never thought that I would combine those two concepts or those two words in the same sentence, libel, <laughs> gambling, and investing. But you make a great case for it. And you are sharing with us how you can tell the basically the amateur from the real professional. So you say we live in this wonderful age of the internet where information is at our fingertips. How does that help? So we love, we live in this, this wonderful age where literally anything you want is available on the internet and you don't need a person like me, you know, you know, you know, some expert financial advisor who's spent, you know, his entire career learning this information from other really smart people. You don't need somebody like me to tell you what to do because you have access to every single person who I ever learned from and all of their teachers have Everything that they taught is available in books, is available online in videos. You can learn directly from these people. Um, All that information is available online. The problem is, is that life changes, right? And their opinions change as well. And so what you have is... You have you may be looking at information and you know that 6040 portfolio. Well, that was the way to go in you know 1995 or in you know 1999. But then you know five years later, 
when the fundamental assumptions or the fundamental, um, you know, uh, the, fund the fundamental market forces that were driving that to be true are no longer true, you don't see all the evidence that's out there that's now saying that that's wrong because you started from the position that let me go find the evidence that to, to support my argument of the 60-40. And you may not even be aware that that's what you're doing. But the difference between the the professional trader and the you know the 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 uh, you know amateur trader, the person who's doing this um, as a hobby, is that they haven't they haven't lost their livelihood several times already, um, and learned all these lessons the hard way. Of you got to question every single assumption, you got to try to prove yourself wrong, and in proving yourself wrong, you're going to find the things that are right. That's so, really interesting. Yeah. So you got to test that hypothesis as as you were mentioning. So as I'm working now, I'm now I'm working with the professional. So how do I, as an investor, how do I know what I need to be doing to succeed at this point? And I guess to assist at the performance. That's why I applaud when I go to orchestras. I, I'm assisting at that performance. How do I assist my my broker? How do I assist you? So the the very first thing, and I and this goes even before you say, well, I want to invest in the market is. You need to know why you are investing in the market. And we've talked about this before, right? Investing is, is a means to an end. So you need to know why you're doing that. And then you need to tell you, you need to know for yourself what your limits are. Because yes, you can invest in the market and you can, you know, you can build the wealth that you want. And guess what? I can tell you 10 different ways that you can accelerate that. For instance, you know, we know that the S&P 500 has, you know, an average return of six and a half to seven and a half percent real after inflation returns over the last hundred years. But guess what? You can buy leverage. So you can get twice that. You can get three times that. In fact, if you want, there's something called S&P mini futures where you can get 80 five times that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, yeah, you could in theory, right, quadruple your wealth overnight. And I'm not saying that you should do that at all, because it is absolutely the wrong thing for almost everybody to do. Thanks. You Be pulled me back off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> Be because what's going to happen is you're going to invest in these things, and then you're going to have a heart attack as you're watching your, your account balance seesaw between zero and you know millions of dollars. It's, it's like this uh, commercial that I've been seeing uh, recently, where the guy is, I think it's an Allstate commercial, the guy goes, I'm a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. Right? If you can't, as a human being, we really can't go through those extremes of emotions. The people who go through those extremes of emotion, we, we call them bipolar and we give them medication. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's really not a healthy place to be. And so we need to know, right, what is that healthy spot for us? What, what are those ups and downs that we can tolerate? And generally, the answer to that question is we're okay tolerating when our necessities aren't at risk, right? When we know that no matter what happens in the market, I'm still going to be able to put food on the table. I'm going to have a roof over my, over my head. Maybe I'm going to be able to take that vacation. I'm going to be able to see my grandkids, you know, on the holidays, whatever those essentials are for you, you need to know what that is and you need to know that it's protected. Once you know what those are, then it's okay. What are we? What are our goals that we're trying to accomplish? Right? Is it that we're just trying to keep pace with inflation? Is it that we're trying to make your retirement money last throughout your retirement? Is it that 
you don't have enough money to retire. And so we need to actually grow this. Or maybe it's you have all the money that you need and you're just investing because you want to give charity and you want to, you know, contribute. Or maybe you're working and you're you're investing for a retirement down the road and you can afford to not look at your 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 investment account at all and you don't really care. You're just going to contribute from your paycheck and ignore it for the next 20 years. A lot of reasons. A lot of reasons and a lot of different emotional states, right? Mm-hmm. And so once you know that and you know who you are and what you're going to do, then it's like, okay, let's build an investment plan around that. And let's, let's, let's build it based on evidence. And then let's, let's put guideposts for us that'll tell us when our assumptions are wrong. For instance, when Russia invades its neighbor and can, and it gets cut off from international uh, access to its funds and the international finance market, what happens at that point? Because all of our investment decisions all the companies that we're investing are based on certain assumptions that didn't include that, right? So now we need to be able to know, well, our assumptions are going to be affected by this thing, and this is why, and now we have to go reevaluate uh, these components are, of our investment plan. So you need to make sure to have those signposts in there, because if you don't have them, then every headline in the newspaper is going to be alarming to you. You're going to constantly wonder, how does this affect my future? And if you're nervous just thinking about going through this, you know, I'm seeing the headlines right now as you're talking about that libel. So it's interesting. So should, and this is a terrible question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So with people who are investing for their retirement, should they just shut off their brains to what they see happening overseas? Should they shut off their their television, when the nightly news comes on, how should they approach their mental state when we see all of these, all the vicissitudes of life just happening all around us? I think there are two schools of thought to how to approach this. You got the traditional school, which is, you know, just shut off your brain, right? Um, Go go lock yourself in a closet and pretend it's not happening. But (laughs) I, I don't know about you, but for me, that definitely doesn't work. It does I'm a not human, work. Yeah, I'm a human being. I'm empathetic. You know, um, when I see these things and when these people who literally their entire careers and billions of dollars rest on their ability to make me feel something, to make me agitated and upset about whatever it is that they decide to make me upset about, that is going to affect me in some way. And so rather than you know, try to shut out that world. What instead I try to do is create for myself an inner calm, an inner calm so that when I see those headlines, when I see those upsetting things, I can close my eyes, take a deep breath, center myself, and then start going through my questions, my mantras and saying, right, this, this doesn't affect my ability to eat. This doesn't affect my ability to, to sleep in a warm bed. This doesn't affect my ability to do the things that I love, right? This doesn't affect my life or it affects my life in a way that I'm okay with. And if I find that it affects my life in a way that I'm not okay with, right, then I have enough of a security, right, because enough of my essential bases are covered, that I can take the time to go through and say, okay, how do we rationally protect myself mm-hmm. from this, this fear that I have, or whether it's real or imagined, right? Because it may be a very real fear that we're detecting that like, 
you know, they, where we have, we're invested heavily in Russia and we're going to lose all of our money. I mean, that might be a very legitimate concern, um, but we don't want to make rash decisions and we want to be able to make those rational choices so that we get the, so that we make the best choices for ourselves and our loved ones. And the way we do that is by making sure that our essentials are protected at all times. That's a great answer. And that ties back to the beginning of our discussion, the difference and, and how the mindset when a gambler goes in, they know how much money that they plan to invest or gamble. And when they reach that limit, they're done. And so mm -hmm. what would be your last thought for us today as we talk about investing versus gambling and just being able to manage the risk? What's one essential that we should hang our, our thoughts onto as we think about uh, investing and looking at retirement and making sure that we can keep a good mindset. We are human. We do things for emotional reasons and that is normal. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't try to fight those instincts. We should figure out how to make them work for us so that we aren't, we aren't triggered all the time by everything around us. Mm -hmm. And instead we're, our survival instincts alert us when there are actual real dangers. Um, and the only way we do this is by creating that investment policy statement, by creating that plan for our life and that love letter to ourselves that says, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how we protect ourselves and our bottom line. And this is the assumptions we're making it on based upon evidence. You're making us feel great this afternoon and today as we talk with libel he is the author of the book libel i'm sorry living with financial anxiety and authenticity if you'd like more information about, about our discussion today you can go to yieldsforyou.com yieldsforyou.com i'm freddie bell and this is libel on fire that's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.